Our first reading this morning comes to us from the book of Genesis. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it's called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. That is our first reading. And thus, that's why we have different languages today. All kinds of different languages throughout the world. And also will be represented at the uh, Pentecost when the disciples are gathered. Our second reading is from Romans. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. That is our second reading. Our third reading comes to us from the book of John, where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to the disciples. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Now can you say, show us the Father, now, can you say, show us, the show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask of my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me anything in my name, and I'll do it. If you love me and keep my commands, 
And I will ask the Father. He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Then we have the book of Acts, a partial reading of the uh, Pentecost Sunday. The Holy Spirit comes. When the day of the Pentecost came, they were all gathered together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Happy Pentecost Sunday. The fire of the Spirit is at work. The fire of the Spirit is awesome. The fire of the Spirit is hot inside each one of us and should be burning inside of us each and every day that we live. We need the Spirit to help us and to guide us and to give us strength for the journey. The Spirit of God is awesome. And the disciples, Jesus promised them, he says, hey, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I will send an advocate to you. Now, in our first reading, we have this confusion. Everybody started talking in different languages. And, of course, nobody could understand each other. So they had to quit what they were doing and building that city. Fast forward to where we're at now in the New Testament. The Spirit comes, and all of a sudden, all of these disciples are talking in different languages. It's also interesting to note that during this day, some 3,000 people were administered to the church. They were saved. 3,000 souls were saved on this Pentecost Sunday. I, I like Peter, Peter's description of it because, you know, if all of a sudden we all start talking in here and uh, um, some stranger comes in and and listens to us, and you're talking Norwegian and German and Spanish and Chinese and whatever language there is, and nobody understands everything. And these people were all looking at him and it's like, these guys are drunk. And Peter goes out there, he says, no, these guys are not drunk, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. But people were amazed some 3,000, that they could hear somebody talking in their language. And they could understand. And they could hear the word of God. 
Peter, who was one of those types who kind of fumbled around, you know, it's, it's interesting. Peter, Jesus told Peter, you know, you're going to deny me three times. Which Peter didn't do. But Jesus didn't give up on Peter. Because what does he tell Peter later on three times? Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Three times Jesus tells Peter, feed my sheep. Give them the spiritual food that they need, the knowledge that they need. Now you're wondering, in the the Testament there, there were people from all over the world that had come. During the time of Pentecost, it was required for all men to come into Jerusalem. It was a requirement. And actually, Pentecost comes all the way back into the Old Testament time. Back then, it was one of the Jewish feasts. And the Jews called it the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. And it's mentioned five times in the first five books of the Old Testament, otherwise called the Torah. Pentecost was a celebration of the beginning of the early weeks of harvest. In Palestine, there were two harvests each year. The early harvest came during the months of May and June, which is where we're at right now. And the final harvest came in the fall. Pentecost was the celebration of the beginning of the early wheat harvest, which is what they're doing right now. Which meant that Pentecost always fell sometime during the middle of the month of May or sometime in early June. There were several festivals, celebrations, or observances that took place before Pentecost. There was Passover. There was unleavened bread. There was the Feast of First Fruits. Now, the Feast of First Fruits was a celebration of the beginning of the barley harvest. Here's the way you figured out the date of Pentecost. According to the Old Testament, you would go on the day of celebration of first fruits. Beginning with that day, you would count off 50 days. The 50th day would be the day of Pentecost. So, first fruits is the beginning of the barley harvest. And Pentecost was the celebration of the beginning of the wheat harvest. Since it was always 50 days after first fruits, and since 50 days equals seven weeks, it always came a week of weeks later. Therefore, they called it either the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. Modern Christians observe Pentecost as a holiday, not to celebrate it as a wheat harvest, but to remember the Holy Spirit that descended upon the disciples when the Spirit invaded the church in the book of Acts. On Pentecost Sunday, the Holy Spirit, can you just imagine that all of a sudden just a whirlwind of wind coming into the room and all of a sudden you got these flames of fire resting upon the disciples. And with that power that was there, some 3,000 new believers were added to the church. This occurrence drew a large crowd. And Peter stood up to speak to them about repentance and the gospel of Christ. 
talked about repentance. Be baptized and repent. That's what Peter was talking about. And he was getting his strength through the Holy Spirit. With that in mind, that is why we really need to celebrate Pentecost. Because the Holy Spirit should be inside of us. John Gill had expressed the significance in his commentary about the Holy Spirit. He says, Through this baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire, the apostles became more knowing and had a greater understanding of the mysteries of the gospel and were more qualified to preach it to the people of all nations and languages. So you get all these different people. If you read further in the book of Acts, it talks about where all these people were coming from, all these Jews and Greeks coming into Jerusalem, and they, there they were gathering for this day. It was a special day. It was a day when he did no work, and it was a day when the shops were closed up. It was important. Jesus told them, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. And then you go back to the book of Joel. Joel talks about the Spirit in Joel uh, chapter 2. And afterward, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. The Holy Spirit is something that we really need to search for inside of us. It's inside each one of you. It's inside of me. It is the Spirit that gives us the connection to God. And that's why we really need to repent and be baptized. And that's why we need to, from the pulpit, talk about that and explain it to people. It's not just enough to talk about, oh, life is so good and, and uh, you know, Jesus is so rewarding and you, you talk about all the good things that people want to supposedly hear and makes you nice and fuzzy and warm inside because of all these interesting things, you know, Jesus will provide everything for you. But they lack the thing about Jesus Christ and he's telling us to repent and be baptized. People don't want to hear about repentance because it draws directly to them and to me. And we need to hear that. We as a nation, we as a congregation, we as a people of God need to be reminded about repentance, that we do sin and have fallen short to the glory of God. But the good news is, that's what the gospel is, the good news is that Jesus Christ had come down for us and died for us and defeated death once and for all. There is going to be no more death. All we have to do is believe. Repent. There is a video by Philip Nation. It explains why Pentecost is significant for Christians today. Here's some of the transcript of that. 
The significance of Pentecost to the church is something that we need to walk through carefully and we should not ignore because Pentecost was a Jewish celebration. And so in our modern day of the New Testament church, we don't celebrate Pentecost in the way the Old Testament Hebrews did. But Pentecost was the moment in history that Christ had ascended and he had promised during the gospel narratives, during his earthly ministry, that he would leave, but that he would send the Comforter. He would send the Holy Spirit. And it was that moment in Pentecost where the Spirit came and he empowered the early believers, significantly the apostles that were left, and Peter, who was almost a comedic personality in the gospel narratives. He is the one who constantly puts his foot in his mouth, constantly is having to be corrected by Jesus, but is in in a circle. And because of grace and mercy, he is chosen to be the one who stands up in front of this crowd, probably thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of people, to proclaim the gospel. And they're in the midst of a Hebrew celebration that was intended to remind the Hebrews of how God had always protected them. And here, Peter stands up and says, And let me tell you about the Messiah, who is the eternal protection for all humanity. Let me tell you who he is. And he does that. And thousands are saved because of that. I really like Pentecost Sunday. It's really a, a, a remembrance. And that's why I have like red candles up here to represent the fire. To represent, and we don't have the wind blowing in here. I suppose I could have them fans going about 90 miles an hour. We could have the wind swirling up in here. There's some three historic insights that want to also talk about Pentecost. Pentecost was a pilgrim festival. That meant that according to Jewish law, all the adult Jewish men would come from wherever they were living to Jerusalem and personally be in attendance during this celebration. Pentecost was a holiday. No cerebral work was to be done. School was out. The shops were closed. That was party time in a good way. And there were certain celebrations and sacrifices and offerings that were prescribed in the law for the day of Pentecost. On Pentecost, the high priest was to take two loaves of freshly baked wheat bread and offer them before the Lord. The wheat bread was to be made from the newly harvested wheat. Remember, Pentecost was the beginning of the wheat harvest. In short, Pentecost is the time of the apostles. It was a great and grand harvest celebration. The streets of Jerusalem were clogged with thousands of pilgrims who had come from every point of the compass to celebrate the goodness of God and the beginning of the wheat harvest. For us, the Pentecost is a reminder of the Spirit of God. It is our connection to God. It is a way for us to gather together and say, yes, I believe in God. I believe in what he has taught me. I believe in Jesus Christ. 
Pentecost Sunday. Nowadays, it marks off about 50 days after Easter, his resurrection. Pentecost Sunday. Preach the good news. Tell the good news. Go amongst the people out there. You know, it is our mission. This might make you uncomfortable, but you're supposed to be going out and spreading the good news as well. You're thinking, I don't want to do that. Think about me. I'm an introvert. I'm up here preaching. See, the thing about it is that you can run from God, but you can't hide. If he wants you to do something, no matter what you might say or do, you're going to end up doing it. Because he wants you to work. He wants you to do his will. Each one of us here today. Some of us may say, well, I don't need to do that. So then the question I'll ask is, what can you do? What can each one of you here do to spread the gospel? In some little way. In some little fashion. Now I'm not asking you to go into downtown Sicilian and stand on top of something and preach to everybody in downtown Sicilian. Now I'm not asking you to do that. But in your own little circles. And even go outside of that circle. And people that you may know Talk to them and say, hey, do you know about Jesus Christ? Let me tell you about him. That's what Peter said. Let me tell you about the Messiah. Their salvation is at stake. We want to save as many people as we can through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can do that. Because God is great. Jesus Christ is great. The Holy Spirit is great. The triune God is great. As the disciples went out and spread the good news, so we here as a congregation need to spread the good news to other people as well. At least if nothing else, when you're at a gathering, before you eat, say a prayer. Lead them in prayer. That's something simple. Hey, let us pray before we eat. And if you need to know more about God, talk to me later. Simple things can be done. But it is God telling us, we've got we to spread the gospel. You can imagine those 3,000 people that were saved. I bet they were just ecstatic. I bet they were excited. Those people today around the world, wherever they might be, might be hearing about Jesus for the very first time, and I bet they are very excited. Because their souls are saved. And they're thinking like, Wow, there's a God up there that loves me even though everything I have done is wrong. This is awesome. I love it. This is the God that I want in my life. Nowadays, the church has become so... What's the word I'm looking for? It comes... Repetitions. You do the same stuff over and over and we kind of lose the special message that is in there. 
And I love how Sheila breaks up the music and, and does some interesting stuff and doesn't always do the same stuff because, you know, music is a way of singing to God. And she says, come on, we need to sing it loud. And when she says it, she means it. So we should listen and do as we're told. When we're told to sing to the Lord Almighty and sing out to the voices that we can, we should be doing that. Praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. Not only today, but for every day in our lives, for however long we may live. Enjoy Pentecost Sunday. I'm going to really enjoy it because I'm planning on taking the rest of the day off. I'm just going to kind of relax and not do much. I'll probably make up for it tomorrow, but that's okay. Today I need off. For you, you need time off as well. So today, instead of you know, doing you know, something, working, whatever, say, no, I'm not going to work today. This is a holiday. Pentecost is a holiday. It's a church holiday. Relax, enjoy, and give praise to God. Amen. May the grace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in the true Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.